Welcome to episode number 73 of the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I am Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. And I'm Sam Melancon from Debacle Records. And this week we have a guest who I found wandering the neighborhood, <laughs> abandoned and alone, but who has a lot of opinions on right now. I'm just kidding. Um, it is the ex- Co-editor, Foxy Digitalis, who is also a writer and an archaeologist, and happens to be married to me. I don't know who that's good for or bad for, but I think it's <laughs> probably good for both of us. So, uh, welcome, Eden Hemming. Welcome, Eden Hemming. Hello. All right. So, this is this is a song... Her. Eden and I have been talking for, I don't know, like a year maybe about you the being on here? The entire time this show has existed. Yeah, and this was always kind of the song that I think we had planned because mm -hmm. uh, for long, I mean, the song in our household is known as Chokey Bear. So, um, so <laughs> there we go. The song this week is Chokey Bear off of And Out Come the Wolves. Chokey Bear, perhaps better known as Junkie Man, uh, yep. of course, is on An Outcome the Wolves, came out August of 95. Songwriting credits for this are Rancid, or Armstrong, Tim, Matt, Lars, and Jim Carroll, who is also the guest, not really guest musician, but guest on the, um, plays a very big role on here. And um, for the longest time, I didn't realize that was Jim Carroll because I feel like he sounds a lot like Tim. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so Junkie Man is very much in that rancid Tim Armstrong going to tell you a story about somebody who's <laughs> down on their luck. System is fucked. Ooh, that rhymed. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you could write your own song. Well, there you go. And yeah, I, so it's funny. So, so at the end of last week's episode, Sam, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. dropped a bomb. I don't oh. know if you found it. Uh, you you said you saw something. Oh, yes. I, I, Lars said this is the best thing Rancid has ever done. This is the done. pinnacle of Rancid. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I find that interesting. <laughs> I He thinks that this is the best I've ever been. Um, he was saying that on the like, whatever anniversary radio show. Mm. <clears throat> and uh this song has a lot of stuff around it like it seems like they've talked more about this song than most um but yeah he said he he said by the way i just think that this is kind of like the pinnacle of of rancid and uh it's it, it you know i was kind of like oh that's interesting that that Lars thinks that <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was the reaction from the like hosts or whoever he was talking to I mean, it's Tim's show, so like oh, it was like. Well, uh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, know. It okay. wasn't like it wasn't like. He um, wasn't on like a radio too show. shocking, and I don't right. think they're like surprised. They know that Lawrence feels that way. Um, yes, I, I I wasn't too shocked to hear that because it is like you know I think in Lars's mind kind of this ambitious song in certain ways. You know, one thing we didn't say is that DJ Disc scratches on it as well as a Bay Area DJ oh, is yeah. doing the is doing the. There's scratches scratch. on it. 
Yeah, yeah that, during the whole Jim Carroll part. Yeah, like that whole breakdown. There's that like, whole, all those huh. sounds behind him. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, it's not the worst. I mean, it's just like um, crab scratching and whatnot. And so yeah. um, it's not very structural, um, which kind of is maybe cooler in my mind. It's just kind of like some texture. Right. Uh, but yeah, like, yes, Lars says in Lars's mind, that's the, the peak of rancid. Wow. Um, that is just wow. <laughs> well, I'm getting the feeling that you're not a big fan of this song. Well, okay, so I should probably preface this with that the fact that I am maybe not a big fan of Rancid in general. I'm just really <laughs> opinionated about them. So, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of this song. Like I was listening to it over and over again, trying to like get more into it and like understand it and stuff like that. And the more I did it, the more I was like, this song is not for me. Like, this is coming from a person who has never heard um, I Ain't Worried or <laughs> any of the. Sorry. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> there's just, there's this much poorer, more poor rancid songs in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but those are like, those are like just, just mediocre more than like anything else. Like, I, I think your, your problems with this one has more to do with the. Um, like this is held up as a as a good rancid song, I think, for the most part. Right. Um, right. And the music, for... I mean, the music is good. Like I okay. can't I can't fault the music at all. Like if they took all of the lyrics out and all of the singing out, it would be a great song, in my opinion. Um, just for, but... just for context, like what what is like your most tolerable rancid song? Do you yeah. have one? Like, where do you find Rancid to be the most, like, even if it's not very tolerable, you know, yeah. you know I'm not I'm not claiming you are a Rancid No, fan. I mean, I, you know, like anybody who lived through the 90s and was like in sort of alternative scenes or whatever, like I was a fan of Outcome the Wolves in general. Yeah. And um, like I had a, a radio show when I was in high school and I would play their music sometimes. Um, but I never really like really listen to it mm-hmm. and and i mean part of that is like i i feel like so much of rancid is like this clubhouse with like a big sign on on it that says like no girls allowed you yeah, know 100%. so it's like 1000 yep. yep. so i just have always been like well whatever it's not for me if it comes on or if you know brad's listening to it or whatever like i'll listen to it too and it's kind of fun in that way but i didn't really try to get any deeper into it mm-hmm. and honestly the more i tried with this song the more pissed off i got <laughs> so well like, i think i think that's like a super like fair accurate point and and okay. and i think we've talked about this how like for for a group that seems to pride themselves on being like open-minded and you know mm-hmm. they're and are very especially i think they cuz they talk a lot more about race i mean they don't talk a lot about any of it. like let me be clear here like Amen. they're not but <laughs> but i mean we've talked about how the only time women show up in their songs mm-hmm. it it's generally a little problematic <laughs> or they're uh, a lot problematic yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and not that i mean i don't do i don't think there's any women in this song it's about well there's the, 
parents? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, well, anyway. the second line is only the soul that has never been kissed, which I'm assuming is supposed to be like a woman has never kissed this poor man who's a junkie, which hmm. I, don't, I, I never I, took it that literally, but I could see you might be right, but yeah. I haven't ever taken it that literally, too. But maybe you're right. Well, I mean, I was because thinking that is about a very it. direct, very obvious thing. <laughs> right. Well, I was thinking about it like the common man doesn't suffer pain like this. Only the soul that has never been kissed. I'm like, is it really that painful to have never been kissed? But what if it's like is more that... about? Oh God, fuck! This, I, this is all Hold set up. On. Are you defending the song? <laughs> oh, I'm, I don't think it's a terror. I mean, I, I actually. So I, I will defend. Okay. I, I I do think we should talk about the song a yeah, little bit before we get into like the nitty gritty of it. Of like, yeah. let's talk about yeah. the structure of the song and like what it is. Because I actually mm-hmm. do have like a baseline feeling of like. This is rancid in microcosm because I think this has, for me, this has the highs and the lows all in one song. Uh At its core, it's like very much a like, it's very Springsteen. Yeah. It's very, very Springsteen from a songwriting perspective. And I don't know Springsteen, so like help me out if I'm off base. No, you're spot on. But like it feels very Springsteen. It, I actually think the Tim parts of this that are not the chorus um i think there's something a lot of this might be nostalgia which is true like that's that could be the subtitle of our podcast right (laughs) like that's the idea is that we're like mixing how much is real versus how much is nostalgia and nostalgia is somewhat validated by also going like maybe it's not great um Mm -hmm. but like the the delivery and the lyricism of this song for the most part whether or not I like, I'm like gung ho about every single moment of it. Uh-huh. I find to be like, this is kind of peak Tim in terms of like, oh, he's really trying to do something here, uh-huh. and he's got some really right. good turns of phrases. You know what I mean? I think like, burn it up, shoot it up, bring on the brightness. It's son of God coming up and seeing the likeness. Like all this stuff uh-huh. is like, this is a whole lot better than a like seventy, eighty, ninety percent of rancid lyrics, right? Like in terms uh-huh. of like, the ambition is there. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the, the it's very it's very evocative language. It's you really yeah. get an idea of what he's trying to tell you about. Like he's trying to tell you the story of this man who's but, a junkie. But not in a not just in a like let me tell you the dirty gritty truth right. of it. He's like telling it in a poetic way. Right. Or whatever that means. But you know what I mean? Like he's doing it more metaphorically, right? Like overall. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then I also just think that like the the t- for somebody who's okay with the timbre of Tim's voice, which is like a an aesthetic thing we <laughs> yeah. can get into for sure, I find that his vocal performance on those verses like really like pull on my heartstrings like old like not in yeah. a like oh he's making me sad but more like oh man it makes me feel something about this band like it makes me feel <laughs> the, the the outcome the wolves feelings you know mm. like the delivery is so that era tim that like it's like without this a couple of these verses it might lack a little bit mm-hmm. um in well, purely a like sound coming out of the speaker's way well and i think and for me too like i i, I agree with those those points and i think that like that there's a um 
well, we this is the thing we go back to, but there's like a real earnestness in his delivery that you know when they try right. to recreate and out come the wolves on like honor, it's all we know. That's yeah. the piece that's they lacking. Even, like try right, they like this yeah. is you can tell you know it's it. it to me, and, and it, it transmits this feel. It's like they know that this is. It's like this is our moment, and like we got to. We're gonna like put yeah. everything we have into and, grabbing it. And we know the whole story now that like they literally had to turn around all the vocal takes in like the shortest time possible. Right. They went and they flew somewhere, and they were like, "You got two days to do all your vocal takes," and half the lyrics weren't written. And it's like that urgency seemed to have helped this record that was like a pretty okay pop record, but it kind of, mm-hmm. there was something to it. And I think there's something about like, it's interesting that they took this take, you know what I mean? And there's stuff like that. Like, so like that when I talk about the best of the rancid experience, like that's when I talk about the band best is like the songwriting itself, the, 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 the structure of this, like very, like, you know, whatever, um, right. <laughs> you know, Springsteen type songs writing. It's like, yeah, it's really good at that. I like that it's, you know, the weird, like, saying yes to Jim Curl, just being like, oh, I could do something on your record when they're hanging out in the same studio as him. Okay. And then, <laughs> like, like that, they said that, you know, they hung out with Jim Curl, he did the verse, and then they went off and they watched his uh, song debut on MTV, you know, 10 minutes later. And, and it was like this weird, surreal experience. And, like, then they're like, let's name the album after that, you know? And, like, there's well, a little bit the, of, oh. the t- Yeah, I mean, the timing with, well, and the time, like, because Basketball Diaries, which was, you know, the film about Jim oh, Carroll's yeah. life, like that came out in 95. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so, I mean, I mean all all heroin in general, heroin was just a huge thing in the 90s. You know, every yes. it, it felt like sometimes everybody but me was doing it. It felt like it was like the, yeah, it was like a sub theme of the 90s, like a foregone right. conclusion, especially like, I mean, seattle right like you know it just Ugh. felt like it was everywhere right like yeah and so when i yeah when i like it's just everybody has their heroin song or two you know it's just like a thing mm-hmm. Do we know? Well, and i think that's one of my issues with this song is that you know there's all of that in it all of this like i want to tell the story of this man who's a junkie and the you know terrible shit that he's experienced the reason he became a junkie in the first place totally i'm totally on board with that part but then it's set to this like super peppy, happy music that it's like, so is this, are you saying this is a good thing? <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. even some of the ways, like he gets so sympathetic to this man who's a junkie that you're almost like, but it's not a good thing, right? Like, you're not saying it's a good thing, are you? I don't think, I, I don't think they're, they're making any kind of judgment call good or bad. I, I think, think the judgment call is is they're trying to be. I think the judgment call like, is on the just system. Listening, listening the, to a to a quote unquote junkie is like a a transgressive act unto itself. I think that's yeah. what they thought they were doing. I think that yeah. was the sort of like one step into being progressive they were making. You know what mm, I mean? Like yeah. like a lot of the rancid stuff is being like stage one progressive. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> this is the problem. Right. But so was like the nineties, by the way. Like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean the entire not to, like, not to be the guy that brushes everything away and it's the time, but like 
as a table setting thing, like a lot of the 90s was one level deep progressivism that did not get at the core. Right. And right. now we're almost like to the and other side of like we are digging under the core. You know, we're ready to like, <laughs> you know, well, find well, let's find the root of the roots. And, and maybe they're already even there, you know, and, like and it's like and a reaction talk, for well, this. Sorry, I'm talking all over you, Brad. But, but yeah, well, we talked about this like the 90s was all about that. And then the quote unquote left or whatever, like the, you know, the people, especially the people who have the power. We're like, all right, we did it. Yeah, we, exactly. we, we don't need yeah. to think about this anymore, and that allowed the shit oh, yeah. to like swing so far back to the thousands. Yeah, where it's everybody was like, everything's fine, right? And it just was like it slid into horrendousness. And now we've that. got fascism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and because it, we we let um, we let the division, and, and then we get yep. all the things that we got. So, like, right. I do think that's what they're trying to do. I've always had a little bit of a twinge of this, like. You know, it, at the time, I'm sure it was much less of a weird thing to call a guy a junkie, but like just being like, yeah, there, there's always been a thing with Rancid where they they ride this line of like, uh, <laughs> wow, you, you, you really want to be sympathetic to, we always talk about that borrowed um, tragedy, right? The borrowed yeah, tragedy of, right. of Rancid. And it's like, this one feels a little less like this because they're just saying, hey, junkie man, how'd you get here? You know, sort of like, we want to hear mm-hmm. you. Tell me what your story is. But the song still is Junkie Man over and over. Right. Right. Like, right. And that when I talk about the worst of Rancid, I would say that is the for me, the like these are the poles, right? Like it's like the chorus is this junkie man. <laughs> you yeah. know, like this like kind of <laughs> almost ska song, you know, and then the delivery and the power of the the verses are I think kind of wonderful, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like uh i would say like just in terms of like where did i come into this song even in as a younger person it's like that that always has been the sort of the core thing and i think the problem is as time goes on one is gonna feel worse just because of the nature of like well like oh man (laughs) what what are we doing here boys you know what i mean like Um, well, and, uh, you know, I was writing myself some notes about it. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, like I, I started going down this like rabbit hole of like, what is punk exactly? This, <laughs> this like meta rabbit hole. Um, you know, what is what is the goal of punk? Because it's very, uh, I don't know, nebulous in a way. Like it's yeah, kind I of get it's kind of like answers. Yeah. Right. And, and all it's of them kind are going to be wrong. On, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, to and somebody. So often it's like put on, it's like almost like a fashion thing. Like, oh, well, if you wear plaid and spikes, then you're a punk, you know, instead of being the actual philosophy. So I started going down this whole rabbit hole of that. And I started like, I was actually listening to some of the other punk bands that I really like. And I was like, that's part of what it is. Like, and you guys have talked about this, like there is not that growth and there is not like the depth that I would want from a song like this you know like i i've personally known people who were heroin addicts or who used to be heroin addicts and you know what i would want for them to have their stories told is not this song it's totally different but also on top of that is you know this fun music and frankly i'm really bad at understanding what the lyrics are because i don't hear (laughs) things very well so you know just going off of the song as a casual fan it's like oh okay that's fine 
It, it's, yeah. you know, it's like, do you want to approach it in a really serious way or do you want to approach it in a just like, this is a fun song kind of way? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I would push back a little bit on the idea of, you know, if sonically or musically it feels more like too upbeat for the subject matter. I think yeah. the dichotomy is because I, I mean, I do think there are parts that do, but I think those sort mm -hmm. of like that it creates this dissonance that's very interesting. Um, I mean, there's the, famous tom waits quote that i think about at least once a week of uh, i'd much rather hear a sad story from a pretty face and uh, or something like that yeah. I, and you know because you think of like tom waits writes the i mean these songs that are tr i mean just tragic like they're i mean some of the saddest songs mm -hmm. in the world but mm -hmm. they're beautiful and they're like right. these real and and i think I think there's a I think there's I think there's something interesting about that but I think there's a power in that. I I actually talked about this this week on one of my other 800 podcasts. Um it was in <laughs> reference to Joanna Newsom song, but the song it starts in this really innocuous way and she's singing a, and, and it's ostensibly, you know, about her dog and the first lines in the song are about like, you know, bury your pine cone and, and it's very it's like oh and then the mm -hmm. song just stabs you in the heart over and over again singing about like losing touch with the people that you love and thinking you have forever to tell them that you love them and you don't and then they're gone and the impermanence of and all these and it's to me like those sort of like not the not straightforwardness of it just mm -hmm raises raises it in my opinion like for like again this isn't my favorite rancid song and i actually have sort of come to the conclusion that it's maybe one of my least favorite songs on an outcome the wolves but i think like like you i can see why lars would think this is the best song because i think <laughs> from their perspective or at least from lars's perspective i feel like I feel like Tim's a lot more ambitious, um, but like this is, yeah, like we're really trying something here, which it's funny too, that he thinks that like, I could see you thinking that in 1995, but then you went and made life won't wait, which is a million times more ambitious. And yeah, you know, and so it's funny to me that still in 2023, it's like, Oh, this is, you know, our best song. It's like, dude, you guys like, this isn't you going that, you know, but that's a, that, that feels like a very large thing too so yeah also it's a very large thing to like lock into an opinion i think well I, this <laughs> is the problem with these guys right like the, they they have a very conservative view where once they have an opinion they feel yeah. like they must hold that opinion yeah and the problem with punk is in, or this sort of punk that they ascribe to which is a very conservative genre for the most part mm -hmm. um it creates this sort of um theocracy almost you know like of like once you have it like you there's a test there's all these purity tests and there's all these like things and so once you have an once there's a consensus opinion about something you kind of can't break that consensus and so i think they fall into that trap all the time of like yes. when something is allowed mm -hmm. then it's allowed but until it's allowed it's definitely not allowed right and so right. They, they thought like putting jim carroll and dj disc on the record and then also he probably actually i think really likes tim's lyrics on this would be my guess because he's a real you know he fawns over mm -hmm. tim yeah and, and I, I i think tim carroll's um part of this song is probably the most evocative part of it my hand went blind. You're in the vein, clairvoyant. You're in the vein, clairvoyant. My hand went blind. I make love to my trans sister, my trans sister, and my transparent seed from the balcony. I looked out. On 
gives it more weight and it gives it more to me that's the part that really gets to the like part to the idea that being a heroin addict is not a good thing um mm-hmm. well, you know <laughs> i mean i mean he would know right i mean jim so, carroll was a heroin addict and 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 yeah like jim carroll as a writer versus any of these other guys <laughs> right yeah I mean, but, it wasn't like Tim wasn't an addict, you know. The, the, well, right, the, yeah, he just wasn't a heroin addict. I mean, he had, yeah, yeah. he almost, I think, I mean, I think he almost, well, they started rancid because they were afraid he was going to die. He had ended up in the hospital multiple times. Yeah. But um, Well, and that's one of the things that I wonder about this song. To me, it almost sounds like Tim being nostalgic about his own addiction. Interesting. Hmm. I, like he's I, like, I, I really liked being in that situation, even though it kind of sucked. It was also pretty nice, which I can totally see. Which I, I do feel like I've heard those songs before, where people are being honest <laughs> about, like, you know what? The reason we like it is because we like it. You know what I mean? Like, like. Right. Can I ask? I'm curious because you seem you've you because you said a couple times that you feel like that you know they're singing about being a junkie and but there's a. Mm-hmm sort of overarching feel like oh but it's a it's a no it's a good thing and mm-hmm. i'm curious like what like what led you there like where because because i did never get that from this so mm-hmm. i'm really interested in well okay yeah part of it i mean part of it is the music because the music is you know it's pretty upbeat i think um but part of it is some of the ways that they explain what it's like to be a junkie so to me, saying things like "bring on the brightness," "see the son of God is coming up," like, and I and I've heard this language from heroin addicts too, um, that that's their experience with heroin. But to me, that makes it sound like a really good thing. Like, oh, well, I want to see the son of God. I want things to be bright and happy. Um, there are parts of it that are not as happy, but also, like I said, I don't always understand lyrics very well I mean, so. yeah i mean i i i don't want to say you're wrong about like that part is saying like again i think it's just the honesty of like yeah this is why they're shooting up but like the next thing is about lunacy and misery so like mm-hmm. within the mm-hmm. within one one line so i think and it's talking about like you can drop out for a second and and you kind of you kind of just go away and I also don't know how much of everything is like literal because it doesn't seem like a linear song so much for the most mm-hmm. part. But, mm-hmm. but like, I think being honest about why people are junkies and that they en- that in that moment they're enjoying being a junkie isn't always a tacit. Again, I'm not trying to like say you're wrong as much as like I'm I'm more open to the idea that it's not a tacit approval there. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, to me, it's. Um... The, like the way that it's structured with because yeah like those two lines especially like burning up shooting up bring up, it's the like mm-hmm. this is this is at, you know this is what he the junkie man mm-hmm. says is like this is no this is why i do it this is how i feel and right. then and the second thing it's like but it's because you've internalized the misery of you know where you know you've been brought up and caught up in the system that's go and it's i don't know like i always read it or heard it as here's what you know you how you justify it to yourself 
mm-hmm. and here's what's actually happening that you don't that you're trying to forget mm-hmm. and and i i guess like there's not a i never put like a value judgment on it it was a more of a matter of fact kind of thing like because you know and, and it's this is yeah this is what it's right. what addiction is. i mean addiction is a disease we all know that you know like in 95 i don't know how much that was the common language and all of that but it's right. It did seem like they were trying to create a little bit more empathy towards the person who's addicted, whether or not they're doing it well. Right. I I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that's a a big part of the issue is they aren't necessarily doing it very well. But also, like, with Rancid in general, they Mm -hmm. have such a, like, I'm trying to think of how to express this. Um they're so attached to their own misery that it's almost like they're getting high off of their own misery. Like they enjoy it in the same the way story that the heroin addict enjoys the heroin. They, especially are you, this is how I interpret what you just said in that, like mm-hmm. they love telling the story of their own bad, you know, like upbringings and they're, and they're like, you know, how many right. times have the Lars told the PCP story and like, exactly. they talked about being working class and all these things and, and how that's like so definitive to them or the, you know, yeah. Tim was a junkie. I, I like, I both fully agree with you and also go like, but it is their definitive stuff. So I'm, I don't want to judge right. them too much for it, but like, you're right. I think everybody does that a little bit of like, Oh, this is my definitive thing. So this is what I have to Absolutely. pull on. It. Especially because you're kind of taught like, Oh, artists should pull on only that. Right. Yeah. And but sometimes then... we get more excited when like artists kind of grow out of that. I just don't know mm-hmm. how much it does. Though. I mean, we were kind of stoked about where Tim started being like, I'm just going to tell a fucking like, thing about the barbary coast you know because it's just so fucking nuts you know like it's what? like sweet i like that let's right. read more weird books than to write musicals you know like uh but that's yeah, what you, yeah, that's what you should do when you become a millionaire from your misery like read yeah read weird books and write fucking musicals and, like don't keep talking about your misery <laughs> but i do think your point is very valid which is yeah. if you trade on misery right originally mm-hmm. and then you do become successful you're probably your whole life is being freaked out because people get so mad that they still trade on misery, but they also get mad. Like, I feel like the bad people in that scene that I don't give a shit about, but like, they're uh-huh. probably hearing from all the time. Uh-huh. We're very removed. Right. But like, they're probably hearing constantly this combination of you're a millionaire. Stop talking about your misery. Right. I liked you better when you were miserable right. and struggling you you don't you're not real you don't you belong in the scene anymore because you're a millionaire like like both yeah. of those takes are shit you know what i mean right. both of those takes are like are horse yeah, shit well, like, like like and i and i mean i have to caveat caveat it all with the fact that um you know again like i feel like rancid as a band is this clubhouse with a no girls allowed sign oh, for so sure. you know hearing it from this outside perspective where my experience is the same in some ways but really different in a lot of other ways to me i like i do kind of have that like fuck you you're a millionaire what the hell kind of problems do you have like get some therapy and live your life but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and hence why the second half of their career is a really hard thing to enjoy <laughs> right and when they got more aware self-aware it seems for the most part 
-hmm. is when we started getting more into them. But there is this problem of like, they did probably way self-extend into, and like use a lot of people around them of like, oh, we should, you know, they, I think in their head, they're going like, we're going to pick up all these people and help them. And like, there's also a reading of it is, I'm going to vicariously live through all these people's pain and, and that will validate how I'm still going through pain. Right. And then I'll put that into the song. And, and yeah, and like, yeah, yeah it's yep. not really about my pain. It's about this new kid's pain. And it's like, there's a version of that where you're lifting somebody up and they're getting money and, and attention and right. it's good. But there's also a version mm-hmm. where it's like, you're just exploiting tragedy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And so one thing I do want to address, uh, I feel like I didn't get to say anything about the, the poppy playing, singing a happy song about, um, sad <laughs> things, you know? Um, yeah. right. There's there's a lot of feelings because I've I've had that take a couple times and and Brad Brad I think pushes the most back about it and I think for the most part I'm push comes to shove I'm kind of on the same plane as Brad on this like for the most part there's tons of music in the world where the incongruity is actually part of the uh-huh. the weird artistry of it right like there's been many a song in my life you know an artist that that work on that there's also a little bit of like what we think is aggressive music us three. Uh-huh. Is very different than like what was a t- was aggressive music inside of pop punk. You know what I mean? Like in a way, it's hard to like separate out. Like I think there's a there's a version of the world where like this is not just a pop song. This is actually like a hard driving, right? Blah, 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 you know, like right. like there's there, like when the Ramones came out, yeah, they were bubblegum pop, but they also were seen as like the loudest, fastest thing you've ever right. heard in your life, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so there's a little bit of perspective there too of like, within the genres that people operate in, they within the languages they have at their disposal, mm-hmm. sometimes they want to say something and they have the language available to them. And like, sometimes I'd be like, like I'd still comment on it, but like, I'd also be wary of like, commenting on is fine but like also being wary of like policing how people want to express a a feeling is like i get a little careful about that because this idea of like every song must match tonally the you know it's like it's like Mm -hmm. it's there's a couple things that drive me nuts i feel like that's a thing that i hear more and more and there's another thing not from not exactly the way you're saying it but like i i've i've heard that take a little bit recently where it's like well it's such a it's like, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe the juxtaposition is interesting. Um, this was a very different genres, but like sometimes incongruity is to the benefit of the song, but I actually don't mm-hmm. even think that's what's happening here. I think they think they're making like a hard driving Springsteen right. song. And then, you know, how many Springsteen <laughs> songs are about tragedy and whatever, and are huge anthems, you know, like sometimes making right. stadium and, and, anthems and out of this sound- stuff can. And they sound yeah. like happy songs too. Like yeah. a lot of Springsteen, Springsteen yeah. songs. So, uh, and, yeah, and I mean, I, I think part of the difference is just that Springsteen knows how to do it well. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is, is that, so, and, this is, and, and I love Bruce Springsteen, like, full stop. But, mm-hmm. and everybody, and he's, like, held up as, you know, he's, like, the, like, working class, you know, blue yeah. collar. He grew up rich. Like, yeah. His, and I mean, but, and, and again, which doesn't, you know, I mean, I, it was, this was a conversation I had on, again, another one of my million podcasts. Um, but it was the person I was talking to was saying how when he learned about that, he's like, it kind of ruined a lot of it for me. He's like, cause it feels, and it's, and I think that, you know, and to each their own, like, I don't, it's, you know, I don't judge if that's, yeah. you know, if that, but I, I think I I don't know. I, I wanted to say something about the incongruity of thing, yeah. Which is I think also kind of interesting. Cause, so 
this conversation always hap- happens around this setup. Song, lyrics, themes, very dark, music, you know, not. How often, at least that's the conversations I've always had. I was just sitting here thinking, like, when have I had a conversation about, like, oh, my God, this song sounds so dark and heavy, but it's, like, actually the lyrics are about happy, you know. Yeah. And so I think that's kind I mean, of right that that happens I mean, less. honestly, yeah. I can't think of a lot of other songs that have the flip. Uh, that... I, th- I think it usually comes off as, like, prog metal. Like, things <laughs> that don't have a lot to say. Like, stuff that sounds, yeah. like, very clowny. Yeah, and and they like people who are very talented but don't have a lot to say, and that's a whole genre that's kind of fun, you know. Like especially if you're like, I think there's an appeal to like a twenty-one-year-old, you know, idiot, you know. Like uh, there's sort of this tone of like, well, let's listen to you know Mike Patton be an idiot over like the most terrifying music I've ever heard, you know. But like yeah. sometimes it's because there's, there's like a, that comes off as a um, arm's length nothing really matters sort of nihilism is like the tone that uh, that always comes up uh, and that usually drops you into like like i said like math rocky prog metal like like clownish stuff you know what i mean where you're kind of you're kind of winking at everybody like there's sort of this like uh we want to be a death metal band but we can't be that serious because we don't really like we don't want to really put on the corpse paint you know or whatever you know it's like but we love the feeling of playing that music so we're going to make a silly song and like mutoid man or something right like these these bands that are like i want to be an 80s hair metal band kind informed you know post-rock band but like uh i can't really do that because that's too silly for me so i'm going to write mostly silly songs but then perform them really well and heavily you know what i mean that's that I think what ha- I think what you're describing to me, that's what jumps yeah. out the most is like it comes off as clownish and performative more than. But you're right. I think it, I think that story doesn't happen as much. Yeah, I mean, it. It. it I, I'm trying to th- I'm thinking of a few more examples as we're talking and like baby metal for one. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a great I, example. Yeah, I don't think that comes off as clownish, personally. Baby metal fucking rules. I it's, love but it. it's got a yeah. little bit of a wink. Sorry, yes. that one is not True. clownish, but yeah. it's got a performative it wink. It absolutely to it, right? does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, no, uh, yeah. there's a guy that I come across sometimes in reels on Instagram who, like, he does, like, heavy metal songs, but then it'll be things like, I did a really good job today. You did a really good job today. <laughs> and things but like that. that. Yeah, but that's like and not- I love it. Yeah, but that's not like a band that's like, I mean, that's some dude making Instagram content. I, mean, I don't know, point, you like, may have a band. Yeah, but to your point, know. there is some heavy stuff like that is just delightfully fun, like Fang Island or like Lightning Bolt doesn't have a lot of lyrics, but like it's like mm-hmm. really heavily, you know, aggressive music, but it's like very bright. And yeah. I love right. that. I love when you combine yeah. brightness with noise and heaviness, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I think bright, that's... but that's usually bright more than just like happy. Well, maybe that's not true. Maybe it is happy. But a lot of times that's textural combinations is right. how I've encountered that. You know, Dan yeah. Deacon, you know, like there's there's this kind of like this grouping of things I like, which we've talked about even, Brad, like yep. uh, that I'm like a sucker for. That's like, I'm kind of bummed that era has gone away a little bit because it's like, I think people were like, oh, that's not serious enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, for experimental music. Experimental music should be very serious, you know? And it's like... Uh, I like bright, uh, overwhelming. Y'all know my uh, feelings on all that. Yeah, yeah, we've uh-huh. talked a lot about it, uh, yeah. but like, <laughs> uh, like, which is you know, entirety of I, my many podcasts these days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I also I, just I, think that I, there's some truth to like pop music, pop punk. At times, is a lot more transgressive than like how we hear it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like, uh, and, and uh, us three have heard a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like, of all people, you know, yeah. like, right? Like, if it's not dread wolf eyes it's like well that's pretty bright you know it's like it's like well you know you know i i will my, i will do that to myself where i'm like oh this is just like this is like backstreet boys and when he's like what are you talking about you know and i'm like oh sorry I, that's not true I, I don't know why my brain said that you know like um right well and if i'm you know. if i'm totally honest like i have a i have that problem with pop pop punk in general so I that, think that's, that's my bias thing that pop punk has to wrestle with, mm-hmm. which is that aggressively bright, fun melodicism sometimes doesn't fit the subject matter. And sometimes right. it does that in a great way. And sometimes it does it in a, again, I think sometimes if you're, if you're, you're like so right in that, like push come to shove, maybe these guys just don't have other ways of expressing themselves. Like they're like, Mm -hmm. well, that tool is not in my toolbox Mm -hmm. or I want to say what I want to say, but like our, I can't put that on this record because fans won't listen to it. You know what I mean? Like there's a little bit of being hemmed in. Mm -hmm. So I think you're like, like, again, the conservatism of quote unquote punk, which none of this really is all that punky. It's, it's very like rock and roll bar punk, you know, like, like it has not very little to do with punk rock, you know? Yeah, uh, I think you're like 100% right. And I've had, I, we've had this conversation probably not as often, um, but like where sometimes <laughs> I'll get a little icky around like, man, we are just talking about some, some lady dying and like right. making a really fun Punk Red hot movie, yeah, God. If this one, bother, if that, if the tone of this bothers you versus the story, go listen to Red Hot Moon after this, and you'll oh God. you'll really want to punch a oh, fucking hole through the Oh, don't tell me that. I love Red Hot Moon. <laughs> Are you fucking it. kidding? You're ruining it for me. I, I love the music. Like I said, the lyrics. Well, I have we, no that's idea exactly what, saying, what we said. So. Is like the, that's one of the most tragic mo- songs ever because it's like them at the height of their powers musically and <sighs> some of the worst. And then fucking skinhead Rob, content. like and then skinhead Rob. Oh my shows god, up that and, and fucking, it's painful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that part's not great. Yeah, but that's it's the kind. best skinhead Rob in existence, though. I, I'll I'll say that. I'll say that I that is think... the, that is peak that is skinhead I, Rob. I don't think there's height, a better skinhead Rob. Everything you need to know about skinhead Rob. Yeah, I mean that's 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 like ooh apex skinhead Rob, <laughs> <laughs> and it's still really bad. I I will say you guys have both you both came in pretty hot on Chunky Man. Or Chunky Bear, which you guys should explain. Chokey. Uh, Chokey Bear. Chunky, oh, sorry. Bear. I, so, listen, okay. maybe it was how I heard it. <laughs> there we go. So, so I have issues with hearing lyrics in songs properly. Um, Brad Tim, has... Tim doesn't help. I mean, yeah, everybody no. has right. problems with Tim. I, so. I actually, so when I was listening to your, I think it may have been the Loki podcast recently, mm-hmm. and you played the clip of the song, which I had never heard before. Um, I was like, oh, my God, that's what it is. Tim sounds like he just came back from the dentist yeah. with his mouth half numb. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to sing through it. Here's, here's the funny thing. Tim doesn't sing on Loki. Yeah. Did we say that on Loki? Because <laughs> that's Lars. No, it may have been. It may have been a different We might have one. just referenced yeah. it to, you know. Like and it may have been a different song. I mean, you know, we've Maybe. done almost yeah. Anyways, 80 of these But you're right. He, yeah. he has whatever Tim's mouth thing is. And also he sings yes. from the back of his teeth and he opens his. He has that wide thing he does. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, and, but he and, does. He sounds like me, he has those cotton things. That's what in his people mouth. do when they, right. they when they're avoiding their teeth. They come back from the dentist and yeah. then they avoid their cheeks. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah. They talk with the lied cheeks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you guys know I was talking with my tell teeth. Tell me what your story is. At some point, I want to do all the Tim things, but I feel like at some point it feels like it's crossing into problematic of like a I guy know. with a with a voice. Right. Oh, like I he think does it's... have like a speech problem. Like he has exactly. a medical speech problem. So. Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say like I don't want to make fun of him because it may be a medical. There's issue. so many real things we can make fun of him for. Exactly. You know? like, <laughs> But also, like, I, I think I, I do have some kind of, like, hearing issue that makes it so that I just cannot. Like, oh, that's like and a he's thing. not the only one. Like, yeah, I mean, that's no, like well, a, my wife normally. is exactly the same way. Like, yeah. like, like I yeah. think my therapist talked to me. We talked about that. And he was telling, it's like, there's a name, even a name for it. I, I don't. Oh, there's total auditory yeah. processing all over yeah. the place. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. So and, I just, when I hear songs, I just kind of go with whatever. It, it sounds like to me and so i'll be like walking around the house singing a song out loud and brad will be like what the fuck are you singing i, know, I was telling and, i was telling somebody yesterday because we yeah. were talking about john denver's annie song and i was like i can only hear this because <laughs> or the way eden says because eden does because she for her I whole life that song and she still sings it this way even though she knows it's wrong she thought the lyric was like a summer in springtime like a walk in the room and so anyway I might have too, to yep. be completely oh, honest. Well, now that you said that, I'll just <laughs> say the lyrics for that song are fucking strange. Like, okay. we went through the whole song yesterday on a thing I did, and it's 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 I don't. Uh, now I'm gonna have to look them up. It's yeah, okay. and, and not this not really in a good way either. It's kind of, okay. Anyway, sorry. That's nothing. Anyway, so so you heard Wrong the Jerky Man as Chokey Bear. As Chokey As Bear. Chokey Bear. Yes. And you heard it for a while. I, I, I've heard that this is somewhat of a, yeah. a thing yeah. that's been for a long, long time. I, re- I really thought it was Chokey Bear. And I was like, okay, I guess they're singing about a bear that chokes people. <laughs> it's like somebody's nickname, <laughs> yeah. Chokey Bear. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Like, yeah, call Chokey Bear up. Yeah. Wow, that's, a, that's quite a nickname. Uh, it's so funny that I had heard... Because chunky the unky, yeah, yeah, the unky, mm, I was right. like, it must be Chunky Bear. And and in my head, I was trying to make it work. You know, when I was listening back to it, I was like, because I knew you were going to be out. I was like, I was like, I can kind of get there. I wonder if like cho- Chokey Bear is even harder because right. I can hear the unky, you know, ch- junky. Like they, right. they uh, maybe if I can do it, I don't know. But anyways, um, you guys both, uh, you, you're definitely on the like, this is not a song you like from me. It's a, totally valid uh brad and, sounds but like you do like it that's the you like the weird thing the, got yeah. it okay 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 and brad sounds like you're like uh, it's becoming no. less and less your favorite on out from the wolves yeah i i, I yeah i mean I, you know i mean we've talked about this like even the worst moments of outcome the wolves are better than 95 percent of rancid of course yeah yeah um, i think there's some but magic i would say on this, this is down there with like she's automatic maybe i don't know it's tough it's I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, lyrically, I always wonder too, and I, my assumption, and this is totally just me making shit up, but it's my, it's our podcast. That's what you do. Yeah. I assume that they had the music, like they had these, like the riff or maybe, you know, and then they were in the studio and they found out Jim Carroll was there and then it was like, Hey, you and be on song? Yeah. Be and Tim was like, Oh shit. I got to write something about heroin. 
like mm-hmm. real quick. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know some of the missed opportunity. I don't know. Like, I do think there are some really good moments, but I think it it feels like multiple songs in one. Like I think the verses. Mm-hmm. I really like the verses. Like Lars sounds good, but like that part feels. I just wonder how much better it would be if, in the, in retrospect, if they didn't invoke Junkie Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, I think yeah, how much definitely. of it has been like. I think from day one, I had a somewhat of a problem of just saying Junkie Man. Over maybe and over. that's and maybe you know we, we talked about the, you were saying at the beginning how it's like they had two days to do like nail their vocals and they <laughs> yeah, had, maybe yeah. that was just like fuck man we're out of time and, and then it was call just, this person and it's like yeah. just repeat Junkie Man all, all, over and over again and and it does fit mm-hmm. like the rhythm of the song and like yeah but but like right. We haven't even talked know, about like, Jim Carroll. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it is. It is what it I is. Don't, I, don't, I, I do think it's kind of hilariously like obtuse. If for a rancid thing, it's like probably the most obtuse thing that's ever been. Like the second <laughs> half of his thing, and I love that for it. You know, but I, I also know a lot of rancid fans dislike it very much, and I think it's probably hmm. like again the conservatism of of a, like what is this guy like get out of here with your spoken word stuff. And I think that's yeah. wonderful. You know, yeah. I love hearing people get, even if they, even if they validly don't like it, it's just like, how often are they going to be challenged right. with that sort of stuff? Mm-hmm. Not to say they're like wrong. Cause I mean, it's not, this is this thing he whipped out, you know? And, but I, I do want to talk about a little bit of like, we, we've been talking about the content. Like, can we talk about the start of the song and the way those two notes come in and the way the like pick slide works so fucking well and then the drum going doing the tom like like this is like a very good start to a song like like those shouldn't matter at all like they're basically playing like 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 two notes and then like there's a pick slide and some drum fill coming in and like that feels as much like high school listening to rancid outcome the wolves the jawbreaker thing we've been talking about how there's this other quality to this record that's more emo-y you know whatever like like that's that those sort of unconnected useless parts of the song are as evocative as anything of like good rancid to me you know what mm-hmm. i mean like like i think that's one of those so- things where it like because it it's yeah this is peak of your powers this moment in time is unexplainable because like all of those things it just it is i because I, I totally agree with everything you said and it just it feels like one of those things that it's just when you're in that zone those things just come together and ha- like you it, it all yeah and to me like that intro feels like that and i think that's kind of in, in some ways like again i think this is definitely in the upper tier of rancid songs overall like mm-hmm. but i think that the intro in some ways it's like all downhill from there <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, and not and i'm not saying it's like terrible you know i mean it's still good but just think like i i just think there is a, a world where it you know the course is different that what the, this is and, and is is like in the pantheon of the great you know like i don't know to me it it it's yeah but mm-hmm. it's for some people it is to be fair like, lars clearly so, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, well i, I think I, you guys I, I think the two of you have talked before about how rancid is like a what did you call it a stage band basically where it's you know just so much oh, better when band. it's yes 
so much better when it's in person. And to me, that those that like first first part. It sounds like they're live. Yeah, exactly. It's like they're yeah. transitioning from a different song into yeah. this one, which makes it feel like this like live band kind of thing. And, and it's like, like oh yeah, into the okay, song. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And when he says, ah, it's burning up, yeah. like it feels like right. it feels like 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 it's like the stuff that they can get away with that most people can't. That feels like stage banter. It's like the Lars mm-hmm. all over life won't wait, saying all the crazy shit. I can just exactly. picture and I can just picture that intro and Tim doing the Albert, and then he's like bouncing around the stage, not playing yeah, his guitar. I can see him bouncing <laughs> that whole time he was playing the two notes. And man, Tim can pick two very obvious notes and make them sound like they have a lot of depth and meaning. It's true. Like you know, he the master of the three note solo, right? Like yeah. in the same way this is the perfect two notes to start the song like the, he makes it's the weird alchemy of tim that makes us hard to quit tim even though like we oh. all should fucking quit tim you know what i mean like <laughs> like let's all admit it right like but like the thing that's hard about that is he can make things that other artists could play the exact same two notes and it's just not going to have the same feeling you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm not saying he's magical i'm just saying there's something about it you know like he, he there's something about his, his feel or whatever that just and i think there's a good example of that starting in the song that said i think that the, the thing has been since i got heard this record for the first time this is the high highs and the low lows all in one track you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it's just mm-hmm. that's the truth but i do think the high highs are i think i'll probably say i'm at this moment after not thinking about this song for a while and then it got brought up this week i was like I am pretty impressed by his lyrics on this. I don't I don't know if I take away all the same things as as we got into and I think mm-hmm. for the time for the moment for t- for this band, you know, giving him a lot of caveats which we always do, you know, there's the general <laughs> caveat is like probably shouldn't be as into rancid as we are, you know, I mean like we're just kind of in the middle of this marathon thing we challenge each other to do. Yeah. But like it's pretty fucking great. Like I just and it and maybe that you know seventy percent nostalgia. I don't know. Like I don't. I, I can't even like separate that at this point. But like I was kind of shocked by. It. I was like, yeah, you know. And then the chorus comes in, and you're a little like, you're like, Ugh. god damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it isn't to the level. There's maybe also a little bit of a contrast of like it is not to the level of like when chorus comes in on many or uh, indestructible songs, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, get the hell out of here, you know. Like, uh, it's just like mm, not what I wanted, you know. So I, I totally like. I, I think that this is the most problematically frustrating Rancid can get is this sort of song, you know what I mean? Where you're like, man, it feels like it hurts in the right place, but it feels like you're kind of like patting yourself on the back at the same oh, time. Yeah. Some really impressive stuff. Like, how much of that is accidental? You know, that's like half this band. You're like, how did you mean to do that? Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why Lars likes it so much. Yeah, he was like, whoa, guys. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> right. That seems like a very Lars thing, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's also a really band thing. Like, the couple things I've ever been proud of I've made, like, I've been like, I don't remember doing that, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, like <laughs> it's you, you kind of go like, oh, shit, that, we did that? You know, like, yeah. Yeah. So... Oh. Anyways, yeah. Okay. So, uh, anything else uh, about the the song or the podcast or I don't think know, I have anything. Have I'm good. I'm okay. good. So, I don't think Brad he was talking out. to you, Brad. I just Oh, uh, well. <laughs> While we have you, we're kicking you off. While we Sorry. have you, Brad. 
right. See ya. Well, since Thanks, we're guys. replacing you as a co-host. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, you don't get out that easy, man. We're in it. This is, yeah, this is like... It's, this is like the episode of Seinfeld where Kramer's on the test drive and the, you know, yeah, the car's yeah, on yeah, empty and they, they're like looking at the exit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is, we're writing this, this one at. to the end. Um, spe- okay, yeah. well, well, Eden, thank you for gracing yeah, us fun. with your presence. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, for not, me. not being too hard on us. Um, <laughs> uh, he has been asking me all week, like, are you just going to give a shit the whole time? I'm I mean, like, I'm and, not... we, and we very well could deserve it. Nah. <laughs> uh, you know, hey. I think a lot of people would like to come on here and get pissed at us for, like, being too mean. So, um, <laughs> anyway. Thank you. So, yes, uh, Eden is going to have a, a a podcast coming soon Yep. Oh, yeah. via Foxy Digitalis. I don't know how soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be this year. I'm going to guess it'll be in 2024. But Fingers crossed that I get to it this year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, 2024 is more likely. Um, and it's it's called Unspeakable Oklahoma. Do you want to say real quick what it's the general yeah, gist of um, it is? So I, I didn't grow up in Oklahoma. I am not originally from here, but I've lived here for almost half my life now and uh, have had to uh, break a lot of my own stereotypes in the process and would love to be able to do that for other people too. Like I, I don't feel like the general news media does a very good job of portraying how Oklahoma actually is. And so I want to have some conversations with some of the people I know here and hopefully be able to do that a little bit for whoever wants to listen. Yeah. So unspeakable Oklahoma coming soon ish via foxy digitalis and with that sam what are you and i punishing ourselves with next week oh you have no idea my friend oh um, god oh you're uh-oh. gonna oh god you're gonna get fucking need a transplant fruit teas get get go wash your hair in 1998 um yeah <laughs> oh. I, for for the the context is we're gonna listen to diamond and guns by the transplants who for riff was also a Garnier Fructis commercial for about 10 years. Uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to dive into maybe one of the worst <laughs> transplant songs, uh, you know, one of the worst songs by one of the worst side projects that most heartbreaking side projects ever, you know, um, transplants, which, uh, you know, now involve people who are like married to Kardashians and stuff. So like, it's a really what? wild thing. Yeah, yeah, Travis Barker was the drummer. So, um, oh wow, <laughs> yeah. So Travis Barker was the drummer. Skinhead Rob, Tim. Uh, oh my god. For, yeah, it's just you know, it's <laughs> Tim was like, oh, I want to make a bunch more like electronic-y sort of I laptop have Pro stuff, kind of like the way I Pro Tools, and I, I hung out with wow. Joe Strummer, and that's what Joe Strummer's doing, and. I kind of like breakbeats, but I, I'm kind of embarrassed about that. And I want to make hip hop, but I have this roadie who kind of says he can rap. And then instead of just being good, making a Tim record like that, which I think would be delightful. He, uh, he hired this guy who can only scream sing, uh, one volume rap lyrics and, uh, the dumbest rap lyrics of all time. As I mean, as just, evident, just listen to the end of Red Hot Moon and you'll yeah, exactly. and, and Which think again, about is this best. is the best thing he's ever done. Uh, You're making it sound weirdly appealing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a delightful hate listen and uh, full of 
some frustrating thing. It's, it's one of the a few Brody and Tim on the same thing, so you can oh, really cringe away with that. Oh, uh, there's two Christ. records. This song won't have Brody on it, but okay. I think the record does. Um, it's worth maybe listening to the record a little bit because if you don't, we're gonna have to gonna have to dive back in. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Uh, I, I transplants is a big enough Tim thing that we're probably gonna have to like do a couple I would say episodes, three or four oh, between like you know me. like the two records and like the different sounds. But this is the this is the pinnacle one that most people know because it was also a commercial that you would hear like every five seconds, and you're gonna hear it and you're gonna be like, oh my god, what? <laughs> <laughs> Great. How wonderful for me and for everybody out there. And with that note, on that note, um, you can, of course, find us on Instagram at RancidPod. Send us a voicemail. Send us an email. I don't know. Shoot us the finger. Uh, we are on Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash the 11th hour podcast. You can send us a voicemail. All of those links are in our link tree, which you can find in the show notes and you can find on Instagram. And uh, damn it, I thought I had something good. I don't have anything good, but uh, we'll see you in the fucking worst pit ever, it sounds like. <laughs> Diamonds and guns, man. Diamonds and guns. <laughs> God, fuck. That's like the most cliche hip hop yeah. no, thing. No, the, the other one I almost did was tall cans in the air. So, like, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, here's something. You can protect this on an end if you want. But, okay. Uh, Jesse, our friend Jesse, let us send us a long email. And uh, I do think that this would, I forgot to say this in this, that there's just two lines in the middle of this long email that says, <laughs> and yes, your wife is right. They get away with too much. That's only because when they're good, they're so good. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what this, like he complained about these guys for like half this email. Like he shat on them. Like, I don't know what's wrong with all of us. Like, like there's a disease it that is. all us like white idiot punk kids have. You and know, we're like, now like, like forty years old. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like we will all admit it's a disease. Like, like there's some like we've been ensorcelled. You know, like, we, like I don't. It's like, like a fungus. You know why? Yeah, like you there's know, something growing in our brains. You know yeah, why like, we right? respond so well to the junkie band lyrics? Because we're the ah, uh, burn it up, shoot it up, bring on the brightness <laughs> about ransom. The last two lines are the fucking reality. <laughs> God damn it. We can't cut them. <laughs>